Hello there. Welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and today I want to talk about a really interesting Christmas movie called Nestor, the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. So we're going to talk about that. I'm not alone here in the studio. I've got one other pastor in here with me. Pastor Anthony Alegria. And today we're really going to be doing more of a movie review, and that kind of falls in the God and movies category, which is fine, because there's a lot of fascinating theological films out there. We, as Christians, should know that God does want us to have joy. He wants us to go out and find things that are, well, fun to do. So this movie, Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, it's a 1977 Rankin-Bass Christmas special. So if you remember those old claymation films, there's things like Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, and things like that, which... Um, actually, I don't remember if Frosty is Rankin Bass or not, but a lot of those old movies that we remember watching as kids, of course, there were reruns by the time I come along, but we still watch them quite a bit, things like The Little Drummer Boy. Many of them have had a profound impact, but Nestor is by and far, it is the best one of them all. And if you haven't checked out Nestor, you don't remember it, we're going to talk about it a bit today. I highly encourage you to go and watch this because it is one of the best films that portrays the gospel and the theology of the full gospel well. And it does it even though it's centered around the nativity. It actually shows things all the way up to the cross, which are really, really important. It's a fantastic Christian film. I'm not sure if Rankin-Bass understood how good this movie was going to be. It's one that didn't get a lot of attention and still doesn't get a lot of attention. It's really overlooked because, well, it's about a donkey. But nonetheless, it is very powerful. So basically, this movie can be summed up as this. There is a creature that is ugly, is hideous. He is not loved by anyone. And the whole world hates him and thinks he's hideous. Except for one, his mother. And his mother loves him in spite of his ugliness. And his mother even gives her life for him, that he might have a better life. And it's a really tragic story where you do. You see this creature that no one loves. And we've got some clips of it. Let's go ahead and play that first clip, and we'll come back and talk about it. What the blazes? Those ears, they're so long they drag the ground. You try to cheat the emperor? You would sell him imperfect misfits? Uh, uh, you can have him for nothing, free. <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll have them all for nothing. <laughs> and you can keep little droopy ears. That is such a harsh scene. Oh, and it gets even more harsh if you watch it. Again, this movie is a tearjerker. I know there are a lot of pastors who get up and they kind of cry and things in their message and get emotional. Anthony can vouch for this. I'm probably one of the least emotionally moved people on this planet. But Nestor is one of the few things in this world which I almost can't handle. I almost can't handle watching Nestor, but I must watch it every year because it is so good. But let's go on to the next clip that we've got there. Go on to clip two. Blast you! See? You ruin everything! I'm done with you! Out! <laughs> no! Oh, Nestor, my son. Also a very harsh clip. Yeah, this movie definitely would not be made today. And in fact, the modern day and age probably wouldn't approve of the gospel message either. It's kind of harsh and severe. This movie takes you to a place where you see a lot of the truths in the world, where people, they do have ugliness, they have brokenness, they have sin in their life. Um, 
but yet God loves us in spite of that. And that's an important point to make, that it's not for the brokenness that God loves us, but it is in spite of the brokenness. We'll get to that in a second, but let's take a look at clip number three, because the movie, even though it is sad in the first um, good chunk of it, it also has a really wonderful end. I mean, it's only 24 minutes long, but the end of it's very positive. So Anthony, if you'll take us a look to that last clip. And as suddenly as it came up, the storm went away. And when the desert sand settled, look, Bethlehem, you've gotten us through. Thank you, thank you, little donkey. All right, so let's put some meat into this. Why all the uh, suffering, and uh, what makes it worthwhile at the end? Okay, so one of the things that the church really needs to be honest about is that God wanted to redeem creation. And he told us that there would be suffering in this age. We're here to endure and persevere just as Christ came to suffer the human existence and suffer the death on the cross. Nestor is loved by his mother. And this is where we find those themes of the gospel. Because the question that you just asked, Anthony, is a question that people ask about all of life. You know, when people get to a moment where they, they get suicidal, they justify, why don't I just end it? Why should I live? Why would that be a good thing to continue on living? But God chooses to redeem, not to destroy. And the love that Nestor's mother has for him, it is in spite of his ugliness. Hence why that first clip you saw there, his ears are covered in socks because she makes something to cover his ears because she, she feels bad for him. She wants him to have a abundant life filled with joy, but she realizes his ears are ugly and they're going to get in the way of that. But at the same time, she wants him to have purpose and she wants him to do something. The church needs to be honest about this fact because so many times we want to be soft about issues and say the church comes to you in your brokenness, and Jesus loves you in your brokenness. And that preposition in is kind of insufficient to describe what's going on. And I've often said that good theology is found in the correct use of prepositions when discussing theology. And to be clear about it, Christ does not love the brokenness. God does not love sin. God does not love the ugliness and nastiness and suffering of creation. God loves us out of spite of those things. Just like Nestor's mother, and if mothers are good mothers, they love their children despite whatever they look like. Some people are born ugly. Some people are born hideous. But that doesn't matter in the course of eternity. God doesn't care how, how ugly you are. Um, God doesn't care what you look like or anything like that at all because it doesn't matter in the end of the day. And mothers, parents, even fathers, they know this. They say, well, it doesn't matter. You can have a wonderful life and life fulfilled, whether you're a holy and righteous man or woman, um, regardless of how pretty you are. Nestor's mother loves him in spite of the ugliness. And we need to be honest about that because when you look at the ugliness as a metaphor for sin and other things like that, you realize that God loves us in spite of that. And we also need to be specific and say that sin, brokenness, and ugliness, they actually are different things in the, the real world, um, though we might overlap them with symbolism sometimes. They are different. Um, but this is why we need a redeemer. And the sacrifice is beautiful in this. Again, you find the mother, she wants the child to have life and life abundant. And even though she knows she's subjecting him to a life of suffering, just for the sake of his own existence, she wants him to have that because that is the only way that he can ever find fulfillment. But again, this movie, it does take us to the nativity. And what you see happening is this, this poor, ugly donkey, he kind of wanders around with no meaning in life. And then eventually, he finds himself carrying Mary. And as he goes through the, the desert there and the storms and things going on, his ears wrap around Mary and protect her from the storm. And also his ears can hear the heavenly host singing, guiding him there to Bethlehem. 
And it's pretty clear that Nestor doesn't really understand what's going on. Many times when we're doing ministry and things in the church, we don't always see everything. Sometimes we have no idea at all what's going on behind the scenes, but yet God's Holy Spirit is working in a wonderful way. The Holy Spirit of God comes to, to work on us. We find that, that Christ, he comes to convict us and transform us. And the whole life we have as Christians is led in a way that is by one who is more powerful than us. He sees meaning in us when we aren't even aware of that. So I want us to actually go and compare this a little bit to Luke chapter 2 and read the first seven verses there. Because there's something fascinating about how this movie does relate to those first moments in the second chapter of Luke. So if you would read that, Anthony, for me. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, so it's fascinating that early on in Luke chapter 2, you see Rome wanting to take a census. And you also find in the early stages of this movie, again, it's a 24-minute movie, it's not long, you find Rome coming to, to purchase donkeys that they're going to use as slaves, as they say pretty clearly in the movie. But Rome, they want to take a census of people because they want to know who they're dealing with. They want to know who is out there, and they want to be able to tax them and govern them. I know these are some basic questions, but Anthony, if you would answer some of these, does Rome value people because of their character? Like, yes or no? Do they, does Rome take a census because they want to see if you have a good character? Not generally. Uh, no. Does Rome value people because of their holiness? Nope. Does Rome want to take a census to see which people out there have the breath of life given to them by their creator? Normally, when uh, you amount something to a number... You don't care whether or not uh, its creator breathed life into it. Okay, so the answer to that one is also no. Nestor is not valued by anyone. And the same reason Rome doesn't value people. People think that, you know, if the government gives money to me or the government is where I found value, this is just a ridiculously absurd thing. You're never going to be fulfillment if you, you want that. Nestor doesn't find meaning in any of these things. But Nestor finds meaning when he starts to do work for God, even work that he doesn't understand. Nestor has to do this work if he is to have meaning, and also it's one that's kind of made available to him. It's, it's a very fascinating thing in the way that providence works in this movie. And yet has the angel Tilly in there, who I actually don't think was necessary for the plot of the movie. They could have taken her out. This movie would have been better. But what we do find is Nestor finds meaning at the nativity. He's more valuable than just the mere worth of a donkey. He has work of eternal value to do for God. And we as human beings, the nativity gives us meaning. We find holy purpose at the nativity. No matter how much the world hates us, when we go to the birth of Christ, and even when we go to the cross and the empty tomb, we find that God loves us in spite of the sin, in spite of the brokenness, and in spite of the ugliness, and that God has work for us to do. And that really is the heart of this movie. So, Anthony, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? 
it is a pretty beautiful story. Um, I've seen it a couple times before. I don't remember it all too well. But uh, what do you think about this, Pastor Dylan? There also seems to be perhaps this idea of um, God not only caring about and loving uh, that which is perhaps fallen or uh, just short of what it should be, but also that God can work in those situations, even though there's uh, imperfection. And right, so, and this is where the prepositions are important to say, because he does not work for the sin. He does not come so that sin could be advanced, or that the ugliness or the nastiness and brokenness could be advanced. He comes to redeem those things, to transform them to give us a better perspective on life and be able to make discernment between things. Say, having long ears doesn't really affect the, the donkey's worth in the grand scheme of things. It causes us to reorient things. So yeah, God comes to work in the midst of, of fallen creation, but he doesn't come to work for fallen creation, to advance the fallenness. He comes to work in spite of that and move us back towards his holy purpose. So yeah. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this. Go check out Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. I know we did two movie reviews back-to-back. I just got done with Rope 1948. And I guess I'll have to start doing some more modern movies so people aren't having to go hunt obscure things to find them. But Nestor is found online a few different places. Um, You can actually buy the whole Rankin-Bass set and get it, but it's hands down the best of them all. It's one of the best Christian films that's out there, even though I I don't think Rankin-Bass made this to the level that it is on purpose. I think it was kind of an accident and in spite of themselves that they got here. I hope they knew where they were going with this. Um, but regardless, it's a fantastic movie, especially for, for Christians here at this time of year. We need to watch it and everyone needs to see this.